I feel pretty meditative right now. What's it feel like? It kind of feels like blue sky. Whoa. There's really value to be added, and we're adding it. This thing is called High Value, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We uh, really appreciate it. Also appreciate you. Appreciate you. Since I've since I started meditating, I feel like my whole life has actually changed a little bit. I walk slower at the train. I walk around the city just a little bit more casual. I'm not like rushing around stuff. I'm, I'm, it's like my whole like mental thing has changed. I'm like calmer with everything. If there's like a dis- disagreement, I just walk away. How far into it? Like, did that change uh, into the month? I mean, I don't know. What's today? This is the fifteenth. I mean, no, today's the. Uh, I don't know. Eighteenth. Eighteenth. Yeah. Then I don't know. I, it's since I started. Really, day one. I mean, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's changed since I started. You know, you're you're. Demeanor. I don't know how to describe. It. Like, I guess if I'm really in a rush in the morning, like maybe, but. Not even. I've just been like so casual. I'm not like trying to like bounce around people and like just bite I've, it. I'm, I've, like, I've noticed uh, specifically at the train is like I move slower. I'm not as rushed. Maybe it's like I'm I'm still moving with uh, with purpose, but I'm not like hucking. I'm not Huxville. I'm not I'm not Huxville. booking it through the just like pushing over strollers and shit. Damn. So I guess we should uh, talk about what we're talking about. Oh, we should talk about we what we're talking about. Thank discussing you, meditation. Uh, welcome to High Value Season 2, Episode 1. The format is taking a little bit of a different direction in which we embark on uh, experiments, adventures, or uh, just go into, into territory that is unknown to us, chat with people who know what they're talking about, and then hope to uh, bring that, those learnings and that knowledge. And, and that, value. And those rituals and that value into our own lives and then into yours as well. Cheers. So this first episode has been largely pioneered by Mr. Brian Allen. He was interested in meditation. So Brian, talk to us a little bit about why you wanted to do that and what we ended up doing. I had been really interested in meditation uh, because I knew so little about it. And all I heard were basically good things. Uh, And I was really... I was curious to find out what would happen, and this kind of what what had sparked the one month format, other than the keto episode that we did, um, where I wanted to know what would happen if I meditated for thirty days straight, and not only that, but if I meditated for thirty days straight and I talked to people that know what they're talking about, so I'm not just sitting on. Uh, YouTube and the Headspace app, right? Um, trying to meditate or trying to trying to understand meditation just by myself. Um, so I really think uh, that I I think it's a good first topic to try out this format because we talk about this with our interview uh, with Siamak Shirazi, who has a practice in Portland. Uh, it's really accessible. You don't need anything to do it. To meditate, you mean? Yes. You need yourself, and you don't even need a quiet space necessarily, as we talked about with uh, Dr. Brian Allman. Well, first of all, yeah. So first of all, just sitting down in a quiet place and getting relaxed, it is good for you, but it is not going to solve your emotional and mental problems. It's not going to. You'll be calm 
And that's good. And that's certainly valuable. It's better than being, you know, hyper and stressed all the time. It's good. Um, you ideally, I think you'd want to probably start out in a quiet space. Like, I think that was easier for me to start out in a semi quieter, like in my room before I went to bed. But so far we're 18 days into it and it's been, I think fantastic. Really I, don't, awesome. I don't know what you guys feel really, about that. I mean, really awesome. you're slowing down on the train. So my whole <laughs> life is big, that's a big change. Yeah. I, I really feel like so much has changed. Like, I don't know. I used to be just so like hostile, like sometimes just like walking around, not like against other people. Just like, I just didn't feel very good. And now it's just like, I walk around and it's just like so comfortable, you know, mm -hmm. you're just, you're just like, it's like being in a meditative state. It's weird. I like to, to just like meditate like a little bit of time. It, it almost like changes the way that you like spend all of your time because yeah. it's, you just know like what your mind is doing in that, in that small space. Well, and you've had a, you've had a really interesting, I think, foot into it, almost like a very different uh, experience than mine. As far as I understand this far, can you talk about when you've been meditating and what you've been doing? Yeah. In, in the beginning, I was just, you know, in a dark room, handful of time, you know, just kind of thinking to myself. And, but now I find myself just going on like really long walks and not really doing anything other than just like, just feeling like empty just like really like not trying to think about anything just try to experience things as, as it goes and i've been taking time you know every day to like sit down and do it but the cool thing is there's so many different ways to do it and one of my favorite parts about um the dr brian allman interview that we're going to be talking about a little bit later on is when he talks about active meditation mm -hmm. yeah definitely to, to me i really identify with that you know it's it's a little i think it's a little bit tougher for somebody to just like sit in a quiet room for just you know a handful of time and do absolutely nothing it's super hard to do that but it, i actually do enjoy it as well but i i you think found it really easy get, i i actually do enjoy it but i when when i really start stop and like think about like if i go on a run and i just think about it like an active meditation it's almost like your body becomes like this metronome and you get you know in this trance and for me it's just been really really cool for some reason you know transportation just become easier i just not very stressed out just super relaxed so the most important point is that the meditation must be tailored to the individual. So you have to personalize the meditation. I kind of think of it as some people are racehorses and some people are turtles. The turtle do great with yoga and peaceful, repeat the same word, just kind of quiet down. Those are the turtles. And then there's racehorses that basically can't sit still. They have to move and keep going. And where am I going now? And what's next? And what are we up to? They need the active meditations, the running meditations, the singing meditations, the laughing meditations, the dancing, healing meditations. So first of all, as a meditator or anybody wanting to learn meditation, I love helping people go deeper into meditation because the deeper you go, the more effective you can be. So figure out, first of all, you already know, just by me saying it, you know if you're a racehorse or a turtle. Basically, everybody does. For me, it at the very beginning, it felt like I was more focused on the actual, like, what you're doing when you meditate. And I'm like, okay, am I, like, I'm breathing, I'm, like, sitting a certain way, and I'm, like, think, I'm, like, kind of overanalyzing the actual process. And then after a few... Uh, sessions 
I kind of just like you just kind of get into the groove a little bit. You just kind of sit down. Excuse me. And for me, a lot of it, it has just been being aware of my thoughts because sometimes during the day I'll be really stressed out and I don't know why. I just feel stressed out and taking a step back and understanding that some of what you're thinking about or allowing yourself to think about or the like vicious circles of thought that you can get in in your head are kind of like playing on a feedback loop in the back of your head, which is causing you to have an emotional response. And then you're like, why am I so stressed out? I need to go get yeah, a drink kinda, or go to the gym or something. You get brought back to reality by the fact that you previously meditated. Well, it just makes you, it's making me aware of the thoughts that are going on in my head and the effect that they're having in my day-to-day life. And then it kind of allows you to look at those thoughts. And one other, another thing that Dr. Brian Allman talked about many times was this kind of unconditional acceptance of your thoughts and of yourself. And it almost in a way when you're identifying the thought and then being okay with it, it kind of brings you into a more like liberated state of mind where you're like, okay, like I can actually, it's all right. Like I can deal with this. One thing really interesting that Dr. Brian Allman said about acceptance was all of the techniques that he described for us, the first step was accepting your breath. Ultimately, the goal is unconditional acceptance of yourself. That's what enlightenment is. And that took a trip, two trips to India to find that out. And a brilliant guru taught me that as well. But this woman that I'm getting to her technique for all the turtles in the world, is accepting your breathing as it is, step number one. It's not like something mental. It's something very physical. And if you're stressed out, you might be breathing kind of heavy, kind of fast. And if you're already calm, you could be breathing already slowly or maybe shallowly. Um, and you have to, I think a lot of the first... And the first step in these techniques is to accept your breath and to just know that that's okay. What's interesting about that is you can't do it wrong, which is even more a reason why, how, why it's so accessible to people. Because um, when you tell them you can't do it wrong and it's going to help you, I think, I think a lot of people are drawn to that. So what exactly is it? that you've been doing that you could share with folks when you meditate? So I started out doing uh, the guided meditations through an app and they have a like 10 session course that is the basics. That's what they call it is the, <coughs> the basics of meditation. And uh, I found that to be really helpful because they would give you metaphors throughout the sessions that would relate to the state of mind that ideally you'd be in in a meditative state. <clears throat> One that I thought was really cool was they had this visualization session where you pictured yourself on the side of a road, probably like a multi-lane highway, and you were your only job was to watch traffic. You were facing the traffic and you would watch it go by. And every car and every thing going by on that road represented a thought. And the idea was you don't get hung up on one car or one thought. You let it come in to your peripheral vision. You let it go out. 
and you let it go by from left to right or right to left, whatever, which, which way it's going for you. And I thought that was interesting because it was an interesting way to kind of take your mind off of trying to clear itself and having you picture a metaphor that you already knew what, what it was trying to do, which I thought was interesting. So that, that's been really helpful. Um, I think after our interview with Dr. Brian Allman, I started to incorporate this meditative state, this, this active and uh, integrated meditation into my life. So on, on the subway, uh, this morning I, I biked to work. Season opener. Instead of, instead of taking the subway? I biked to work. Yeah, yeah. that's dope. And that was very meditative because I was up early. Yeah. I was on the bike. The sun was out. I had some music in and it was just like I was in my zone. Yep. And then you start your day off real nice too. Oh, so nice. So nice. I was, I was chipper. Came into work. You know I was like ready to go. The, the, the thing for me is like I thought it was going to be harder to sit for the amount of time and just do nothing. But the, I think the real tough thing for me is actually like my body kind of starts giving off these like weird pains that it doesn't usually give off sometimes. Like my ankles will feel weird. Like my back will kind of feel weird when I'm sitting. And I like want to yeah, move or like yeah. my cheek, or like I'll want to scratch my face. Right. It's like, I could scratch my face, but you know, maybe it's, this is the time where I literally just do absolutely nothing. Not that there's anything wrong with doing that because you can't be right. wrong, but it's just funny. Like what your body does in that. It's almost like there's some, there's something inside of you that you have to be doing something. Maybe just me. No, I think that's but, a, con- a shared yeah. experience, uh, to varying degrees. And we talked with, both CMAC and Dr. Brian Allman about kind of just the general uh, culture in the West and how high strung it is and how fast and, and stressful it can be, especially in New York City, which is where we all live. Um, yes. In, in, in this culture, in the Western culture, which we all live, um, there are many reasons to uh, stimulate what is known as sympathetic reactions, the sympathetic nervous system. We are, we are constantly um, uh, kind of demanded upon to make decisions. They could be simple decisions. It could be decisions like where to park my car not to get towed or, or you know, when you're driving and so on. But nevertheless, we are constantly demanding these decisions from ourselves on, on, on a constant regular basis. And especially these days with mobile devices and social media, um, multitasking, all these things. So, um, in reality, um, the whole notion of taking a block of time every day and disconnect and dive inwards um, is very appealing to um, a lot of people. I, I work with a lot of patients actually in, in Portland and I teach them how to meditate, I teach them how to practice um, mindfulness or what I call mind emptiness and it helps them tremendously with uh, stress because once you do make this a practice it will enable you to be in touch with a part of you that is usually hidden because of all these distractions um, and and when you practice any form of mindfulness it could be anything it doesn't have to be transcendental meditation Honestly, it could be anything as long as you find a practice 
um, that allows you to be by yourself alone that's the key part away from distractions and when I say alone like I said you could be in a plane but you need to to be able to focus and close your eyes and dive within if you can do that doesn't really matter what you practice if you could do it for a few minutes every day once or twice after a while you feel more grounded you feel more stronger more powerful and your decisions then your reactions to events around you come from a much more peaceful place within you so you're less right. reactionary less sentimental sensational about your reactions does that make sense yeah i feel that too there have been a few times when i've sat down and when i'm done i'm like i didn't know i was stressed out but now that i'm a little more relaxed or like have sorted some things out inside i feel way better like i didn't even know i was you're like reflecting on your previous state of mind but the the trippy thing is, I didn't even, I wouldn't have even told you I was stressed out. You and know what I've been, I've been calling that this month, my recalibration. Ooh. I'm not even all saying like, can I just go to this real? Let me get two, let me get two minutes. So, people, we'll put two on the clock. People, put two on the clock. <laughs> oh, I, we should, we, oh, we should actually get a clock. Can we get a clock. No, um, I there's just been times where it's like, okay, yeah, I'll meet you, whatever. I'll you know go back to the house, change, whatever. And I will literally, even if I don't sit down to meditate, I will just come home or wherever I'm going where I have like a minute to just like take like a breath, you know? Because that's really what all it is, is like taking a breath. Like when people say, just take a breath, it's like they want you to meditate. Like mm -hmm. that's, a, that's tap into your meditative state of mind. Ooh, I like that. You know? And, and the crazy thing for me is like now I, it's like manifested itself into like this, to this other thing where it's like not only am I going to take a breath, but I'm going to just take stock and like like how how are you feeling mm -hmm. you know like how is your body feeling how is your mind feeling how is like your how is like you know are you thirsty you're doing are an you, ocular pattern yeah are you literally yeah. ocular, oh, it's <laughs> ocular pattern, right? but it's true though yeah and the funny thing is too once i kind of get my recalibration in it's kind of like all right now what are we doing you know and it's just before i feel like i was getting the work done but it was almost like this just sloshing Can between I say something, though? things the transitions were not like non-existent yeah yeah sure what's interesting is i think that for you you were already doing the breath and the physical things because i've seen you before runs you do breathing what i think happened was you connected the breath to the mental state and that became locked and so for you when you take a breath now it's like boom you're clearing the mind, clearing the body, recalibrating my whole shit right now. Recalibrated. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm 100%. I, you know what's interesting? Optimize. Is you took a very different approach than me. I, the first four days, I meditated before I went to sleep, and I meditated laying down, which was really interesting. I really liked it. I liked it because I, I fell asleep so quick, and I remembered my dreams which is really interesting. And I remember on the fifth day, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be lying down because they don't really tell you in this, in this session. And I think to what you were saying, Neil, where I think I was getting caught up also in like, what should I be doing while I'm doing this thing? <laughs> like, I was like, am I doing this right? Because I, I think I was focused more on doing it right. I was, inten I was trying to be intentional. I wanted to give it 100%. So I wanted to make sure I was doing it right. But that's not how you should approach it. That's not how you should approach meditation, I don't think. Uh, so the fifth night, 
I sat at the edge of my bed and I remember thinking to myself, fuck, my back hurts. And I was like, damn, like now I'm like focusing on my back and I'm trying to meditate and do this guided thing. And it was just like, I was struggling with it. I think I told you a week into it. I was like, man, I'm struggling with this. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a little bit hard. I was like, but I think I was focused too much on the process and not enough on like letting go. I'm not enough on the acceptance part. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't accepting. I wasn't accepting what was happening right now. I was too focused on, am I doing this thing right? Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny. I was thinking just now while you were speaking about CMAX interview where he discussed music and how music can not only help you get into a meditative place, but playing music can do that as well, which has been my experience. And I remember learning the guitar in high school and some of the actual exercises are pretty monotonous and they're very pattern oriented. So you kind of just do them over and over and over and over and over. And after a few minutes, you start, like, you get kind of bored, but then you kind of get into this place where your mind starts wandering into other things and your your fingers are continuing to move. It's almost like a massage in a weird way. It's like this, like, just, like, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. And uh, I remember distinctly a few times, like, kind of reflecting on my day or, like, problems at school or or things in my life. And it was almost like I was, I was... uh healing myself or like getting processing those thoughts by making my body occupied with something that allowed my mind to kind of get out of that out of the physical space and kind of get up into like thought land and kind of experience that which is kind of interesting and so when he said that it was very much what my experience was like too you know there are a lot of uh, practices that use music especially drums i'm sure you know as a musician uh, how important and how influential drums are in a lot of uh, meditation practices and and Sufis. You know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with Sufism. Uh, Sufis have used uh, a form of hand drum. It's a big round hand drum. They have used it for centuries to practice meditation. Uh, they use movement, which is dancing, basically. They use dancing, rhythmic movements to practice meditation. So uh, rhythm in general, it makes us meditative. It takes us, it brings us, it releases serotonin in our bodies chemically and it within minutes uh, calms us down and it puts us in that zone, if you will, the meditative zone. So yes, absolutely, it's very, intertwined you know music rhythm and meditation that monotonous you're like distracting yourself kind of but you're not like meditation is almost a distraction from the world it's or maybe is the world is a distraction from meditation possibly yeah maybe but also like we were talking about being in the natural state and being meditate being med in a meditative state 24 7 as Dr. Brian Allman has searched for for decades, nobody can do that. I mean, he, I think he said two he, trips to India. Yeah, he'll four, save you three, four, four <laughs> trips. Yeah, he'll save you four or five trips to India because you'll just uh, you'll figure out that even the Dalai Lama has shit to deal with. Can we can we get a clip? Can we get, can I get a clip? Right now? 
If we believe in the power of the mind, we'll probably have a kind of a leg up. Uh, if we don't believe in the power of the mind, we have to learn how powerful it is because it's truly amazing. As you guys know, uh, with meditation, which is a vehicle to tap into the power of the mind, uh, nobody ever achieves everything they're capable of. The mind is it's bigger than we can even imagine. Trillions of possibilities every day and every situation. And most people, they say, use 15% of their mind. They're what the going number is. Uh, maybe it's 5%. I don't know. Some people I've met, it seems like it's 1%. But, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah you, so I think that it being a natural state of being is not necessarily true. Although finding the power and finding the technique best suited for you to bring you back to that state will ultimately lead to a better day and a better week and a better month and a better life. Like it'll just build upon itself because it's not about, it's not about one thing. It's not about like doing it once and or doing it for <laughs> I know we're doing it for a month, but I don't I, I don't think I'm going to stop. And I'm ha I'm just halfway through the month. I think that's one of my favorite things about this new format is that we get to try so much new. Yeah. That's what the coolest thing about this new podcast is that everything's new all the time. So it remixed. Seriously, everything is new. And that's why I think as an audience member, as somebody who's just involved with it, I think that's the coolest thing is not only do they get to see us try something new, evolve, train, transform, but they get to, two, there's two, they, they get two things. They get one, the chance to see whatever we're doing and learn a little, little something. And also hopefully get the inspiration to try new things themselves, you know? Yeah. Because every month we get to do something awesome. Like what's next month? Well, I think, uh, I think Nick, you should introduce next month. Is it, is, we're gonna do yeah, it maybe at the end of the is podcast it, is it, okay well, we'll save it to the end of the podcast in the end of the podcast stick stick around you're gonna want to stick around can I get a clip? we're also just gonna be inserting clips here, there, and everywhere <laughs> yeah, this is, it's gonna this be really gonna be great. sick yeah uh kind of to that point though about it being accessible um and people getting to try it too i mean meditation is very accessible mm -hmm. you pretty much just have to sit down and do it which is cool. It's not like you have to go to the gym or like buy something or, you know. There's no duration either. If I want to meditate for 10 seconds, yeah. I can meditate for 10 seconds. Yeah. If I want to keep my eyes open, I can, if I want to lay down, if I want to go anything. Right. It's how do you choose to just take a moment to yourself and just let everything go for a second? Yeah, exactly. It's really cool. Like, and I, <clears throat> I think there is a time and a place for the more traditional like we talked a lot with CMAC about transcendental meditation and that typically is twice a day for 20 minutes. And for a lot of people, that's good. That's like what they need. Standard TM. It's like standard TM. You have a mantra, which is a Sanskrit word or phrase that's personal to you. Uh, and the entire, or the, the point of it, at least I got from CMAC is to, be able to return to the mantra. It again is like a distraction. It's like, come back to the mantra. You're going to notice these thoughts coming in and out, but you always just have to come back to this mantra, come back to your breathing, be present. Transcendental meditation is 
probably the most popular form of meditation. Um, but it's um, obviously not the only form. There are so many forms of meditation and they all share the common goal. The goal is to quiet the mind, basically, is to kind of turn down this constant internal conversation that, that happens within the, the mind. And um, in the case of TM, yes, absolutely, there is a mantra which is usually meaningless. It's a Sanskrit word uh, that your guru, your teacher comes up with at, at the time of your graduation. And it's yours to keep to yourself and not to share with anyone. Uh, so it's a very private uh, mantra, private phrase. And you use it to um, kind of divert your focus from external stimulations that are uh, around you. So you could be meditating in, in a plane or in a restaurant or in a quiet place, doesn't really matter. By focusing, concentrating on your mantra, you uh, pretty much hone your thoughts and your mind around it. Therefore, you quiet your mind and focus on that one central message. And I think that format for a lot of people is fine. But I think also on the flip side of it, for people like us living in a fast-paced city, we have, we're trying to have social lives and we're constantly moving, I think, using a method that's more integrated to your life where you can take the 10 seconds when you come home and change. You can, right before you go to bed, take the two minutes go on the long walk, not think about anything, go on the bike ride in the morning, put the music on. You can integrate that state of being to your life. And I think that's what's really cool and approachable about meditation as a whole is you can choose to have the rigid 20 minutes twice a day format. And if you can do that and sustain it and it works for you, that's amazing. Like that's really cool. I know that, uh, one of our followers, Jason, had messaged us and mentioned that he had meditated for up to like two hours a day. And is, that's yes. a commitment, man. That's, a, that's amazing. But he went on that journey. He did it two hours a day. I think, he, I think he's down to like 30 minutes a day at this point. But still, like, it works for him. And that's, that's what you have to do. And that, if that's your journey, then, then go live it. Yeah. But for me, you know, a little bit, I like the integrated method, being able to cook a meal, go on a bike ride, take the 10 seconds, take the extra two breaths, and be able to enter that state. Yeah. And it's useful at different points, uh, potentially in your day, depending on what's going on. Um, one of the things that uh, Dr. Brian Allman was talking about was the work that he does with athletes and high performers and how much of, well, first of all, how much recognition they get for their technical and physical abilities, which is awesome. But he was saying how much of the mental process is there too. And how sometimes like the mental work that they do as much as they work out in the gym, the mental work they do can be just as strenuous or just as much time invested into the mind. And when you've got a guy going out to win the Super Bowl on a field goal kick, the dude has like been through the mental process a lot. And so just for us, 
uh, we may not take it to that extreme, but if you have a big event or an interview or something you're stressed out about, it can help to be, to know that you can get into a place of groundedness because you've been through your practice, like you said, Brian, whatever it is, but it becomes like a personal way to kind of connect with yourself and just like, you know, get back to that grounded feeling. I, I completely agree. And it's just so funny because I honestly feel more confident just walking around. And that's probably the reason I've been slowing things down. I'm not rushing around because I'm not worried about stuff because I'm just, I'm feeling confident. And it's not just like look good, feel good. It's just kind of like, I'm just confident that I'm going to do what I got to do because I know I can do it, you know? And it's not, there's no, I'm not, there's not this doubt in my head. And if there is, I've, I've kind of like turned it off or like put it, put it to the background, you know, just accepted it for what it is and just kind of like been like, I know what I'm doing. You know? Akin to the traffic metaphor, I think one of the great metaphors that I heard from Dr. Brian Allman is the movie theater. It's almost like you're letting yourself be in the movie. It's your movie. You're up on the big screen, and this is a scene in the movie when you're sitting in a meditation class, and you're feeling really frustrated, and you're letting yourself be frustrated, and you're accepting it, you're expressing it, and you're getting it out, and nobody knows what you're doing, but you are admitting you're frustrated, and you're accepting it, and you're feeling better, okay, just by doing that. And then after you're done with that, two minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, whatever it is, usually not very long, you go to the second step. And then the second step is like you walk across the stage, down the steps on the side of the stage, in the same movie theater, you walk back to the 15th row, sit in the 15th row, 15th row is where the critic sits. The judge, the never satisfied, never good enough, focuses on what's wrong with the movie, Focuses on what's wrong with you. Focuses on what's wrong with being frustrated. Focuses on what, what an idiot you are for being in a meditation class. And you're sitting there and you're just expressing how frustrated you are because you can't sit still. You should be a turtle, but you're a racehorse. And the 15th row is just the biggest critic, the biggest judge ever. And judges you and judges frustration and judges everything about you. And you do the same thing in the second step in this 15th row critic perspective. You accept the critic as it is, total pain in the mm mm as it is, and you express it to yourself inside, internally. This is the stupidest meditation class ever. I am the biggest idiot in the world because I can't even meditate. I'm just sitting there being frustrated. So now I'm judging myself for doing what I'm doing which is probably a dumb idea, and for being frustrated, and 15th row critic judge gets to criticize you about anything and everything else, and you're really not doing that great anywhere else either. You could be doing better. And then you got your sleep, and you know you're eating like crap, and you didn't even work out today, and you know you really are a pizza, you know what. So the 15th row critic gets to be accepted and expressed. And by the way, this 15th row critic, has a lifetime membership. So nobody gets rid of it, no matter how many gurus and workshops and therapies and medications and drugs and drinking and smoking and everything you do, this 15th row critic, lifetime membership. So you better learn in this active meditation you're getting right here, right now on this podcast together to accept your inner judge, this 15th row critic, 
and let him express himself. Or if it's a woman, let her express herself. A lot of women have male 15th row critics judge. So let him express himself. And when you're done, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe two minutes. I don't know. But you're not trying to fix, change, solve, and get rid of this either. That would be totally a waste of time. Then you're ready for the big move, the really empowering, beautiful part of this three-step active meditation, where you imagine yourself getting up from the 15th row and walking all the way back to the last row of the theater, all the way back, last row. It's down in the last row, and you know you have a 15th row critic who's still talking, still yakking, won't shut up talking on the phone during the movie. You know you've got the movie, frustrated, not doing it right, you know, you got the feelings, all that. But from this last row perspective, and you know you got a 15th row critic, and you're not trying to get rid of that 15th row. You know it's there forever. You're not really trying to change the feelings. You're accepting those also. This last row perspective, this is what it feels like to be in a meditative state because you're totally in the present. You know you got your yakety yak 15th row. You know you got your feelings, your sensitivities, everything in the feelings up there in the movie. And this is the whole you. It's all you. Just this last row is really the true authentic you, the meditative, the amazing, the brilliant, the creative, the peaceful, calm, loving. But the whole movie is still happening. You still have the movie, you still have the 15th row. Just this last row is the true authentic you. 15th rows from society, parents, father, mother trained you. The feelings from your childhood, from your parents, from your school, from yourself. This last row, this is you. This is not program conditioned. It's spontaneous. You get a different answer every time about what you should do. About wow, meditation class is over. God, it's already over. God, I think I might want to stay longer. And you feel really relaxed. You feel calm. You feel a calm power. And you're learning how to accept and express your racehorse feelings. You're learning to accept and express your racehorse 15th row judge. And then you get to your last row where you feel that calm power. And you're okay with you. It's all good because you can handle you. And so with this meditation, your goal is to get your feelings, the movie, and your 15th row judge to be non-dominant and your last row creativity intuition to be dominant. 99% of the people walking around this planet right now are dominant in their feelings, in their inner judge, and 1% are dominant in their last row intuition creativity. So it's all you, we all have all three. We're just learning from this meditation technique that took me about 30 years to develop that your goal is to accept your feelings and your judge, just get them to be non-dominant and get your intuition and creativity to be dominant because you already have all three. It's just that right here, right now, your feelings and your judge are dominant and your creativity and intuition are non-dominant. So it's just a changing of the guard. It's all you. You don't have to change yourself. You don't have to fix yourself. Keep being yourself. Just learn 
to get your last row to be dominant and get the other two to be non-dominant instead of the other way around. But also I wanted to, one thing that I at least inferred from what he said was that your, your 15th row critic is still you. And as much as like what that voice, as much as what is said by that voice, uh, as much as that hurts or can just like grind on you, I kind of got this sense of like, it's still you and maybe, maybe like making friends with that voice instead of feeling combative with it uh, is something I've been thinking about because we all work in creative pursuits of some kind, which inevitably means that there's a conversation between you and the client or you and your producer or you and your account director. And you as the creative are coming up with the ideas and the fun stuff and like what, what the project's going to be. And then there has to be someone in the process who criticizes it and makes it sure that it's bulletproof and pokes holes in it and makes it better. But it, it is a critical voice and it is, and it can hurt because that voice in a work setting, for example, is essentially like trying to tear your, your work apart or your idea. Mm-hmm. But the end goal of that person's uh, job really is to make your work better. So this inner voice, the reason that it hurts sometimes is because it's true. And so maybe there's a way to address that or or feel friends with that voice and, and acknowledge that what it's saying is true, but that you don't necessarily need to like dwell on it all the time. And maybe sometimes what it means is you got to like fix something. Yeah. What I liked about the, the me- metaphor also is you, you have to go, you have to go through the inner critic to get to the meditative spot. Like there's no way around it. You can't go to the back row by going around, out and around. Like you can't do that. So I think like akin to making friends with the inner critic, it's like you move past the critic and you listen, you're going to listen to it, but then being able to take that information and extract what you need out of it, extract the truth or extract the strategy change or the methodology change, and then get to the meditative spot, I think is interesting as well. Because you can, then you're, you're kind of using it as a tool and it is you. It's, it's a part of you. You, it's, <laughs> I think he said it's got a lifetime membership. Yeah. It's got a lifetime membership. That thing's never going away. Yeah. And an idea that I've come across <clears throat> too in the past, uh, when I've tried to teach myself more about meditation is that the, the mind is an incredibly powerful tool. Or it can it can be used as a tool, but uh, one thing that I think meditation helps with is it helps you use your mind as a tool, because otherwise the mind uses you a little bit, and that's kind of what we're saying as far as like your inner critic getting out of control, or not or allowing your thoughts to run your emotions without being aware of what's going on. Your mind is running running you instead of you allowing to kind of have a little more ownership or at least observe what's going on and then kind of move the the pieces where you want them. Mm-hmm. You're playing chess. Playing chess with yourself. A little bit, but I think a big part of what meditation is is seeing the. Ch- it allows you to see the chessboard and not the piece. Yeah, the whole thing. Because otherwise, you're just kind of getting moved around, and that's like what I was saying earlier. It's like, why am I so stressed out right now? But when you can see the whole lay of the land, it allows you know some greater mastery over over your life. I definitely agree with that. I, it's funny how the. The more I've been meditating, the more I have kind of like put on like a wider angle lens. It's like every day I seem to just see more and more within the frame, you know? 
before I I used to just be so worried about the smallest like details. And now it's not really about that. It's about like, how do I make this entire process more accessible and proper planning? That's really all it comes down to. Like, I honestly feel like I'm just so much more organized. Like, and another thing, it's just so accessible too. It's it's, I think it, it just takes like saying to yourself, all right, I'm going to try something new because I have nothing to lose at this point. You know, like you, there's so much to be gained. And I'm like, I was not really like a believer. I was like, what is, this is weird, whatever. But the minute you like sit down and just like face all the fears that are like constantly just running through your head constantly and cause, and you have to accept them. You just have to accept like you are who you are and this is, this is your life, you know? That's one thing that I mentioned to Brian actually a few days ago. We were chatting about how accessible meditation is and why people don't do it. I think there's a few reasons, but I, my hypothesis was one of them, uh, is that it's, it can be scary to sit down and confront yourself with what's going on in your head. Which Listen I to think that is critic. Why we spend so? I think that's one reason why smartphones are so uh, addicting. Mm. It's it's an easy. You're talking to someone. You're eating food, and then that moment between where you leave your friend and you have to walk to the subway, you can get your phone out and again distract your mind instead of having to think about something or have to like think of you know i've got this coming up or my dad just died you know it allows you to just continue putting it on the back burner but uh it's a distraction away from the distraction maybe it makes it even <laughs> maybe the phone makes it even more maybe maybe it, maybe your phone makes your mind even more distracted like it's it's adding even more than there even would be it does and yeah. you and you try to escape it those thoughts by doing it, but in actuality, you're only adding more. Yeah, you're, more you're adding more fuel to the fire. Like. Yeah, I mean, th- there's been studies done that those like scrolling apps, the infinite feed apps, are like actual just dopamine responses. Like that, that is the reason why you just keep scrolling, and that and the reason cool. behind like the animations where you can pull down to refresh. Like that little, yeah. like think about how little physical movement you're doing with your thumb. And how much information you have access to. With that small little movement, boom, the whole world. So your brain goes, it's just firing, just dopamine response, just response. Uh, I want to read. I guess we're going to do an episode on no cell phone use. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe. That might be a hint. Might be month four, month five. Who who knows? (laughs) I want to read you guys something. Um, This was an email. Uh, that I got from my friend Seamus. Shout out to Seamus. Shame dog. Um, we were talking about uh, a business venture that we were going into, but we were also talking about traveling and like, I don't know, seeing the world and like experiencing new things. And he emailed me back uh, a few minutes later and he said this. I just took the most mindful walk I have ever experienced. No phone, no headphones, and walked at this remarkably consistent pace while everyone else was hammering along much faster. I wandered into a photo gallery. I took note of everything that seemed curious, specific aspects of building architecture, the sky, all types of people and their body language and the other quotation pieces of life that are once monotonous and fascinating. 
I smiled the whole way. And I got that from him, and I was like, Okay, if y'all, damn, have, man. If y'all have not hung out with Seamus yet, add that <laughs> um, to the bucket list, because that dude... I think he uh, he showed me his... Uh, he also uses the app, the app I use, Headspace. Mm-hmm. And his it tracks, like, over time how much you've meditated, and I think he's clocked, like, 50 hours on that thing nice. this year or something like that. And that... So, shout out Shame Dog. Seamus. Thank he's, you. Yeah, what Give you just read uh, kind of reminded me of an old cliche, the old cliche, uh, you know, remember to stop and smell the roses once in a while. But I think that one other thing that meditation can do that we've essentially touched on a few times now is it kind of uh, quiets down a lot of the chatter and in your mind. And I think that chatter is often kind of restricting you from enjoying the de- some of those small details in life. And kind of when you, there's been a few times when I've come out of a meditative experience and it's like, you either just, you're able to feel good about feeling better or you're able to like, like the other day I walked outside and I was like, it's sunny out and I am just really enjoying this moment right here, right now. And there's literally nothing special about it other than I feel like I'm not thinking about anything and I'm able to just stand here and enjoy 10 seconds. Which is nice, because otherwise you you don't get that. And I feel like you need those little pockets every once in a while. It is helpful for everyone, because um, one of you actually mentioned at the beginning of our conversation about this, I think you referred to it as a natural state of being. So uh, this state of, of being calm, being grounded, uh, and I believe that. I believe that's true. It is our natural way of being. Uh, anxiety is really not, it's a tool, right? It's a tool that our body uses to fight or to survive, but it's not a natural state, right? Like depression is not a natural state. Anger is not a natural. That By natural, I mean permanently being in that state, right? So um, therefore, I would, I'm sure it would help someone like you or anyone because it reinforces these uh, parasympathetic activities within your body therefore keeps you grounded no matter what you do ultimately uh, our reactions to things creates our reality right we we two people go through the same experience the way they react to that experience changes their destiny completely so when you react to your life when you come from a place of calmness, when you're more grounded, your reaction changes to events that are happening outside of you. And, and it makes your, your reactions um, much more meaningful, more powerful, more in control by you. You don't feel like you have no control over what's happening because you are definitely more in touch with the reality when you're in that state. So. Moving forward, what are you what are you guys looking forward to um, for the rest of the month? Are you guys kind of anticipating anything with this? Are you? I, I know we've probably already learned a lot so far, but you know, like what else? What else are you guys trying to pursue with this the rest of the month? Are you guys trying any other techniques? Are you for me, I think that I'm excited to be much less concerned about the process. I think the interview with CMAC and the interview with Dr. Brian Allman they both 
even C-Mac mentioned this, he said that to find, to not necessarily care about the meditating part, but care about the successes of meditating. So whenever you have that thought where you realize you're doing something different, you're walking slower at the subway, you're slowing down, you're taking it all in, you're walking into a photo gallery, those are the successes where you can come back and just enter this meditative state. As Dr. Brian Allman would say, <coughs> integrating it into your life and seeing what technique you, you have in your arsenal to combat that situation. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to kind of load up my arsenal a little bit, and I'm excited to see the different ways in which I'm able to integrate it into my life so that I can continue this on beyond just the month. Yeah, dude, for me, um, the anti-anxiety effects it can have are pretty big. Um, I have, I think Allman, Dr. Brian Allman touched on food as being a common uh, alleviator of stress or anxiety. I would say that's true in my life. That's something that I've struggled with. And I've also relied pretty heavily on alcohol in the past to distract myself, like our cell phone conversation, to distract myself or make myself feel better. But uh, it's a short-term solution and ends up, in the long run, probably making things much worse. If people can lighten up emotionally, lighten up mentally, the body follows the head. So, and we all know that because when we're frustrated or we're in a bad mood or things are difficult, a lot of us go to food. I mean, food is the most accessible, uh, let's put it this way, I, I don't know if I want to call it a drug, but food has chemical benefits. And the reason people overeat and get overweight are for the chemical benefits of the food, whether it's sugar or carbs or whatever it is. So... I'm not going to call it a drug, but it does have chemical benefits, and that is why most people overeat. Uh, so food is a way to calm ourselves down. We all know it works. We all have our favorite overeating foods, and it does work. It's just that the more emotional difficulties we have, the more medication we need. And food, if it's our medication, we need more, just like if it's you know drinking or uh, smoking, whatever it is, the more stress, more emotional difficulty we have, the more we have to treat it. So for me, I want to continue kind of coming to grips with things that I've been avoiding. Um, I think that there's a metaphor that we've used before on this podcast too about facing the dragon. And the reason the dragon is so scary is because, you know, it could kill you it, metaphorically, but, uh, for a long time, I've there are a few dragons that I have just not faced that I feel like meditation helps either ground yourself or get yourself into a place where you can kind of calmly like approach those things that you need to deal with and deal with them and hopefully move on to the next step and the next step and the next step. Because if you can't get through this door, there's so many thing about all the doors in front of you that you've yet to open. So it's uh like you both have been saying, it's allowing me to see my life in a little more a little more clearly and I feel like I know what I need to do and I really want to maintain that that sense of clarity. I feel like my place on this planet has changed a little bit. 
and that sounds like really heady for the moment probably but i actually really do like i was the the funny if the funny thing is that seamus like what he was talking about in that letter that you just wrote read brian was exactly how i felt today like all day i was just walking around yeah i had no direction no destination i was i went places and i did things but i just was just I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I just, it's almost like I was floating above myself, just existing. Yeah. Not, not contributing, but not detracting. Just kind of, I don't know, piece of the puzzle. I think also meditation has made me realize a lot of things about like how we, how we all are really connected through the air we breathe, through the water we drink. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things in life that connect us and, when you stop for a minute and you just like think about your breath and you realize that everybody else around you is breathing and we all are just this constant just machine of just and it's like even if it's not totally in sync there's like this amazing like rhythm and like pulsation that the whole world is like bringing right it's like it's crazy it just makes me feel like we're so all like just so yeah yeah it's i don't know like for example i was walking in the neighborhood i went for a run this morning and i was walking around the neighborhood and the sun was out and and Usually, we try to say hi to people in our neighborhood. It's kind of just like head down or whatever. Who's this fucking guy? Today, I, it, I was like 10 for 10. Mm-hmm. And it was like everybody was just like, what is going on right now? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I think like yeah. to that, uh, it's, it's like you put out a different energy when you're in that meditative state. And so when you can enter that, after a run and be just like joyous and in the moment, like if you were walking down the street and you were thinking about some inner critic shit and you were just like in your head, but like, like you wouldn't have said hi to any of those people. Well, that's what's so funny is because I remember one of the people I could tell from the distance, like we were kind of walking the same area and I wasn't like really quick to get out of his way and he wasn't really quick to get out of my way, but we kind of both did it. And then and I remember I had my head down and then I was like, I'm going to just like look up and just say what's up to this dude. What's up? And he was just so thrilled that I did. That's awesome. And, you know, it doesn't matter what they look like, who they are, gender, whatever, anything. Yeah. But it's just like, I don't know. It's like if you could like, it's amazing like how much like what you give to this world is like what you get. Listen, when I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It, it it very much is a uh, give and get thing. It's like an input-output thing. I think also the breath is so interesting to me because it's something that you don't... Most of the time, you don't even know that you're doing it. And you don't have to control it either. You don't control your breath unless you, unless you want to. And then you can. But it, when you bring your attention to it, I don't know. It maybe it is that connecting force that you were talking about. Like every every everything on this planet is breathing, essentially, yeah. to a certain degree. Plants do it. We do it. Animals do it. Bugs do it. And then it makes you think about what's really important. What is really important? I don't know. It's like staying alive. Yeah, like <laughs> the air you breathe, the water you yeah. drink, the people that are around you. And then I, I, I just walk around. I did the same thing yesterday. I'm just walking around. Yeah, what was, just about? Walking oh, that, what, what was I thinking about? I was we, like, uh, we should call this episode "Just Walking Around." Yeah, <laughs> but seriously, though, it's like it's kind of like the basketball court in the in the middle of the city. You know, mm. maybe the people there don't have a lot of money to go play other places, or 
wherever, live in certain areas. But at the end of the day, anybody can go to that park and play. Park and play. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the community. Yeah. Community Meditation is the same way. It's like anybody. Yeah. Any physical ailment. I mean, as long as you're like a conscious conscious being, right? I I definitely, there's one thing that I know for sure after having done this for 18 days. And that is that I can see how easy it would be to spend a whole lifetime learning about this stuff and like going deeper and deeper and deeper because you, (laughs) there's no end to it necessarily. You could just, you could, you could continually learn new techniques. You could continually learn new styles. You continually practice, practice and see how deep you can go. How many times a day can you enter a meditative state? How much of your day can you get to 90% of your day where you're just operating your life in a meditative state? Like you could use a whole lifetime to do that. I was talking with my friend and I mentioned that, that we were doing this meditation for the podcast. And she's like, do you know that in upstate New York, there's a place you can go and you just meditate for 10 days straight? Whoa. And I'm not saying we should do that, but if anybody's trying to check that out, good luck. Cause 10 hours days. a day, it's like, yeah, it's all day. You meditate all day for 10 days straight. You don't, you know, the food is like very minimal. I think minimal. that's called a Vipassana retreat. Yeah. No, I've heard of that as well. Yeah. And I knew a guy in high school who did it and he said it was really intense. Yeah. That was the only word I could think of. Because you don't, you don't talk, or at least what he did is you wake up super early, three meals a day, and the rest of your existence during the day is meditating and it's all silent. So you don't even talk to anyone. You're like a plant. You're like a tree. Yeah. New York Vipassana Association offering courses in Vipassana meditation. So apparently it's like a style. So do we need to and, do a Vipassana day? Well, the one I remember too was free <laughs> or like tip-based, but it was kind of this like communal, like healing thing and you could just go. You guys trying to get Vipassana? I mean, 10 hours a day, dude. What about just like, what if we did a 10 hour Vipassana day? What if we did like Vipassana Sundays? Yeah. Get a back brace. Yeah. Oh God. So they do, apparently they do shorter. They do one days and they also do two days. Let's do a day or <laughs> yeah, we could do that. We could go on site. That'd be cool. To like record the entire thing and just the it's entire, just all quiet. It's like a ten hour podcast. <laughs> if, anyone, <laughs> if anyone listening uh has a connection to the Vipassana Association, let us know. Shout out. And come with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also let us know how you're meditating. Also, I want we want to know at high value <laughs> how you're banging your elbow into this table. <laughs> Shout out new podcast table. <laughs> <laughs> we we built the shit out of this. Um, yeah, if anybody's if anybody wants to see any like videos or stuff about this process, you should also let us know because this table <laughs> is very cool and it flips out. We uh, so, we're, yeah. we're we're coming out with a BTS series. Stay tuned. Um, follow us on on Instagram. Yeah, follow us on Instagram, please. Well, you don't have to, but you should. Yeah, you should. I would. I do. Uh, at High Value Podcast. Yeah, we'll post clips, BTS stuff. We'll post Neil's face if you want it. Yeah. Who cares? Who knows? Um, But seriously, let us, we want to know how you're meditating, how long you do it for, what's your style, 
I want to know. I also want to extend an invite from this day forward that anybody who gets excited about the topic per month is welcome to join us along the way. So if anybody, anybody out there just wants to say, hey, stop on by and say, hey, you want to meditate today? You can meditate for a couple hours with us. No, but, but I agree. In, all, in all honesty, like next week, we're go- next, next month, we're going to do jujitsu. So if anybody's excited about jujitsu and wants to spend a little bit of time doing jujitsu, start taking a class with us. Come hang. Call in. Or if and you we can know do an interview with you. Yeah, call in. Call in. Say what's up, man. Say what's up. <sighs> Boys, I think we added some value. I think we did. So uh, I guess moving forward, I mean, is this, is, you know, can we, should we talk about the, the end, the, the next episode? So we're 18 days into the month right now. And we will be talking again about meditation at the end of the month, at the end of our one-month experiment. Uh, we'll do a little check-in. We'll do a little check-in with CMAC. We'll do a little check-in with Dr. Brian Almond. And we also have a third guest. And she is very cool. And so please tune in to listen to that episode where we wrap up the month of meditation. And get ready for our next month, as Nick said, jujitsu. Jujitsu. It's going to be really cool. And actually, I'll, I'm well, scared and excited. No, no, for no, no. It this is going to be really fun. This is going to be really sick. fun. I'm actually, I have a really good friend, Mike Paradise, Paradise Rest. Shout, Shout out. out, Brooklyn. Um, he's gonna he's gonna do. We're we're gonna get some classes with him. We're gonna we're gonna talk to him. He's like an amateur fighter. He's gonna get us somebody, and it's I think it's gonna be a really really exciting episode. And, you know, this, this, it's going to be kind of a different than, than this past month. Cause this past month has kind of been more about the mental. So this next, next month is going to be more about the physical. Yeah. We're covering all of our bases, yeah. which is nice. Which I think is really exciting too, because I think all of us get to have an excuse to do something active almost every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to really have like a tremendous impact on top of our new meditative states that we're kind of building. So nice. Yeah, I'm really excited for next month. And this and the final part of this month too. And if you want to come hang and do some jujitsu with us. Or help come. us set up a sick podcast like light, because we need some light <laughs> up for her. We have any lighting designer listeners. Yeah. LED or if you just want to come be in the dad. <laughs> then uh, let us know. Well, Brian, uh, since this was your theme, do you want to have the last word? Sky.